everyone. Welcome to the Junior League of Cincinnati podcast hosted by the Archives Committee. My name is Jen Schaefer. I am currently the Vice Chair of the Archives Committee for the 2020-2021 year, and I am with a past Archives Chair, Lisa Dye. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. Of course. So Lisa, first I just want to introduce the audience to a bit about you. Um, can you explain uh, how many years have you been in the league, uh, what committees you've been part of, and anything outside of the league that you would like to mention? Sure. So I joined back in the late Cretaceous. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so <laughs> I joined in 2012. And let's see. Um, you know, I was on mostly more sort of internal leaning committees, but um, I'm trying to think of the first. So the first committee I think I was on was the Pediatric Oral Health Project, which later turned into Grin Up, and that was sort of the was the jumping off part um, point for, as I said, the Pediatric Oral Health Project. I ended up on meeting planning, which was kind of a fun. I'm not sure what that committee is now. But basically, we we planned the uh, general membership meetings. I think and, we still have a committee uh, that's the general membership yeah. planning. It's had several. It's had several different names over the years, mm. and sometimes it falls under different councils. But that was fun, and you know, I did fundraising, and eventually, I ended up with being a vice chair of new member, and then I went on to be a co-chair of new member. After that, I think I went back to fundraising, and then I eventually ended up on the chair of archives. So the whole archives thing came, um, that was a little bit out of left field. So I just remember um, the chair of the nominating committee reached out to me, and she was like, literally, hey, Lisa, we hear that you really like the basement. How would you like to be, how would you like to share the archives slash Centennial committee to you know get ready for the centennial because the the expectation was always that we would be you know looking to the past and showcase part of that for the centennial. I think at that point Susan Sheldon and Judy had already discussed with several people you know what you know an exhibit would look like for the centennial, and I think. She, I think that that had sort of been in the back of their heads for a few years. And then, obviously, the advent of the centennial was a great time to, you know, sort of honor the history of the Junior League. And then, as I understand it, at some point, Susan sat down with Elizabeth Pierce. They talked about, you know, kind of what that would look like. And then after... Um, <laughs> <laughs> so after I was tapped for chair of archives, and it's true, I do really like the basement of the junior league. <laughs> so there, FYI, for anyone that has not, I know there are plenty of people that have not yet been down into the basement. It's a veritable treasure trove of the past. And also, by the way, if you do fundraising, if you are ever looking for, you know, a little items for you know any kind of event you can source almost everything from the basement I think it must have been in 2018 um, I started to take a look over our you said in 2018 the exhibit went up in 2019 so I must have started 
preparing for that in 2018. And so I was actually really fortunate because there had actually been an archives person before me, and that was Emily Ryan. And her and a few other women, I believe, but it was mostly Emily, took the initiative to to start to organize all these historic materials and set them aside in what would later be the archives room. So she did a lot of the hard work there. Do you know and when then, she started that? I think that must have been in 2017, but I'm not sure. You might have to reach out to Emily to ask her. So, but I was fortunate to be able to take advantage of, of Emily's hard work there. At some point, I actually met with an archives person at the museum center who gave us lots of, you know, really valuable recommendations about long-term archives preservation. That's when we started to discuss, you know, what do we want the exhibit to look like? Eventually, I would meet with Stacy Kudish and Erica from, from the Museum Center that you spoke to. And we, along with Judy Dallenbachus and Susan Shelton, and then we all started to talk about, you know, what do we want an exhibit to look like? So we wanted it to be somewhat interactive. It was really interesting because I learned a lot about, you know, what's an engaging museum center and what an engaging exhibit should look like. Number one, timeline. Timelines are bad. <laughs> so, I mean, they sort of disabuse me of the notion that that was, that was a good idea. What do you mean? But, oh, timelines to describe the... So, you don't want to, so you, you want to you carefully curate your information. You don't want to just, like, throw encyclopedias of information at your viewer. It's just putting just putting a timeline on the wall doesn't necessarily tell you that much. But if you're able to take a selection of say, you know, what we did, take a selection of projects and, you know, explore the impact of each one of those becomes um, a good representative sample for, you know, the works of the junior league. So our thought was that it was important to express several foundational ideas about the junior league. One, you know, our community impact and our ability to enable women to pursue leadership skills. And what was important to me was that we explore the relationship chips between women that allowed them to build these projects. So it's not necessarily something that we focus a lot in the on in the exhibit itself, but the backbone of all of these different projects, because we've either participated in or created over a hundred projects over over a hundred years, the backbone of that really is the relationships that these women build with each other. And that's, you know, what allows us to have these incredible projects because each of them are the result of collaboration of women, all who have, you know, different skills and ideas, and they've melded together to create these projects. And I think one of my favorite quotes is, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure I'm slaughtering this, but, you know, as, so as Darlene came on, you know, one of my, one of my favorite members, says you learn a lot about a woman working shoulder to shoulder with them. But yeah, so that was 
being able to explore the relationships between, you know, between women in the league was, that was important to me. And I think that comes out most in the, um, in the video interviews that we did. That's great. So first I want to make sure, I feel like that was a really important piece that you said about all of these projects that the junior league has done and all this impact that we've had on the community but so much of that is, you know, the relationships with other women and how much we can accomplish together. And that this museum center exhibit exists because of our previous relationship that Junior League had with the museum center, with the Children's Museum and previous yeah. projects. Yeah, absolutely. So our relationship, our relationship with the museum center goes back many years. And, you know, and of course that includes... The, the children's center, you know, within within the museum center, and then of course, you know, the junior league had a part in the revitalization of the museum center as well. And then we went on to have grin up at the at the museum center, among other projects there. So, yeah, we have a very long and storied relationship with the museum center. It just goes back to a lot about relationships. So I love that you're. You, that was something that was really important to you while creating this exhibit. So you kind of already touched on um, one of my questions, which was going to be, what was your favorite part of the exhibit? Would you say that was the video or was there a different part that you really liked? You know, I had so many, sort of like choosing a favorite child. So it's worth noting that what went into the Museum Center exhibit was just, you know, a fraction of what we have in the archives. I mean, as you know, we have a lot of material down in the archives room. A lot of it wasn't directly relevant to, you know, what we what we decided to focus on in, in the exhibit. So there are a lot of things that I would have loved to have in the exhibit, but there just wasn't the space or it just wasn't in the immediate focus of it. But I think Within the exhibit, of course, I love the video, in it, the video interviews. So I spent, I think it must have been from like 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. one day interviewing all of these incredible women, and each of whom had these, you know, very illuminating stories of, you know, what it was like to be in the league. But almost every one of them without fail said what's the most important thing the junior league meant to me was building friendships and building relationships and i think that you know time after time that's you know the biggest that's one of the biggest takeaways but but all of these incredibly accomplished women that had built all these different projects it was a very rewarding experience to talk to each one of these women so and some of them just tell these just hysterical stories about about being in the league. And I think it was um, one of my favorite stories was, I think it was Susie Lobenthal who talked about the Festival of Trees, which was a fundraiser that the Junior League had, I think, in, in the 80s. And interestingly enough, my mom, who's also a sustainer, volunteered at Festival of Trees. And I remember her dressing up in costume for the Festival of Trees. One of her costumes, I think, I think she was actually a Christmas tree one year, and another year she was either Raggedy Ann or Raggedy Andy. And you better believe I combed the archives looking for photographic evidence of this, but I was never able to find it. But Susie had this great story about how 
there were such intense electrical demands for the Festival of Trees because all these trees were lit and decorated. The Festival of Trees took place at the Netherlands Plaza downtown. So every time they turned the trees on, there would be an electrical short in the hotel. (laughs) So So every morning they had to have a planned meeting with the electrician to figure out how they were going to make it work that day, how they were going to be able to make the uh, ele- electrical needs of the vessel uh, of trees happen. So yeah, it was uh, it was hilarious. Oh my! But you know, so many of these women had these had these uh, fantastic stories. But it just goes. To, I mean, each of them, you know, brought such incredible talent to the league. I always feel fortunate that I get to meet you know, women like this that are so accomplished and, you know, have been able to bring their, I mean, bring their skills to the junior league. But, you know, the interesting thing is that so many of these women learned their skills in the junior league. So they might have learned, might have never had a leadership skill before in their lives. They maybe led a few committees or became you know, a VP of something, you know, within the junior league. And then based on that experience, they were able to translate that into a career advancement or in the nonprofit world. I hear people say it again and again, but, you know, it is true that you you, do, you learn a lot in the league. So I learned it in the league. So, so yeah. does that go into you uh, learned how to curate a museum center exhibit in the league? <laughs> Yeah, something I never, that, that was a skill set that I never anticipated gaining in the league. But yeah, it was a, it was interesting nonetheless. But as far as, you know, how the um, exhibit actually happened, we would sit down, me and usually Judy, Susan, Stacy, Erica, sometimes, you know, other members of the archives committee, including, um, let's see, Jerry Duncan, Jenny McManus, Kim Peros. Alicia Taylor, and then we would all discuss, you know, what we wanted about, you know, what should the concept be. Eventually, the museum center was, you know, and obviously this is what they do. They were able to sort of narrow down, you know, the theme of the exhibit, which is, you know, basically empowering women for a hundred years. And then they were able to sort of divide up the exhibit into separate pillars. You know, one would be like like a brief history of the Junior League of Cincinnati. You know, what is the mission of the Junior League of Cincinnati? And then the rest of the exhibit was sort of broken out into, say, um, different areas of community impact. Like one pillar might discuss, you know, here are the, you know, here, here's an example of women from the Junior League going out and making an impact on the words around the around the greater Cincinnati area. Another might be the Children's Museum, which is, you know, probably our oldest project. We were only a few years old as a league when we developed, I think, what was it? We had the, we had the Children's Puppet Theater and a Eventually, that children's puppet theater turned into the children's theater, which has been around for over 100 years now. And then we also had, you know, other examples of community impact, like the Fire Museum, which was, you know, which was partially funded 
then by the Junior League. And thanks to, I know, Judy Dallabagas and had a great deal of involvement with that. And Yeah, I know we had a, a fire hat and things like that as part of the exhibit, which was cool. Just kind of gave it some more yeah. life. So another pillar was like a political action. There was one project there that I had no idea about that I thought was particularly interesting. And it was basically, it was devoted to raise, it was in regards to raising awareness of domestic abuse, basically. So, and this happened at, this project happened at junior leagues all over the country. Women took, made these silhouettes to represent women that had died within marriages, domestic partnerships, and they took them to D.C. and displayed them all over the mall to represent the number of women that die every year in domestic partnerships. And that was that, that was something that I had never known about that, you know, that, that's in our history. And I think one of my favorite pieces of the museum exhibit was talking about pro kids, which I think is, you know, one of our most recognizable projects, which, you know, as I'm sure anybody listening to this knows, you know, pro kids is devoted to the advocacy for abused and neglected children. So before pro kids existed, there wasn't, in our court system, there weren't necessarily specially designated advocates for abuse and neglected children. And pro kids, you know, afforded children, you know, this representation, and then also volunteers that would help them, you know, navigate the foster system, for instance. So, and that that was one of my favorite pieces of the of the exhibit. So. Yeah, and then we were um, we were very fortunate to get a lot of artifacts from you know these different institutions. Like we got some really fun wigs from the children's theater. And then we were able to get some you know interesting artifacts from members. The museum center curated this exhibit so that it felt very cohesive to me. So, but again, it was the result of meeting after meeting after meeting over many months talking about what specifically, what projects to focus on, you know, what items should be displayed, what should the look of the museum exhibit look like, what were we, what feeling were we trying to evoke from visitors? What did we want them to feel when they went through the exhibit? So did we want them to feel, you know, somewhat empowered themselves? We could have done an exhibit, you know, that just completely focused on the history, but I think it was much more exciting to design an exhibit that felt more interactive than just looking at the timeline, for instance. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm sure it was incredible to see it come to life and, you know, these, you know, beautiful um, artifacts and the walls, just everything, like you said, came together so well. I'm sure that was very satisfying, maybe a little bit relieving after all the work that you put into it. 
Well, it was it was definitely very gratifying, but you know, I mean, but this was a this was a group effort of many months, and we were incredibly lucky to have the considerable skills of the museum center team. So, because obviously, this is what they do. This is a this is you know this is their profession. So, absolutely, they I think they 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 definitely talked us out. I mean, there were we had so many really cool items that I think we would have loved to have displayed, but they were, I mean, they rightfully talked us down from, you know, throwing the entire kitchen sink at the, uh, at the exhibit. So, but like, <laughs> but what about this really random item that I found in the basement? Wouldn't that be cool? Even though it has absolutely no bearing on the exhibit itself. So. Well, a hundred years of history. There's just so much to cover in one exhibit. There really is, and my hope is that someday that we're able to look at you know everything that we have in the archives online. But that's a that's a lot of work for you guys. <laughs> so, that's all. but um, we're working yeah. on it. <laughs> but yeah, it was a it was an incredible experience. Going back to the crazy story about the festival, of the trees, the behind the scenes. Were there any? interesting, memorable things that happened while putting this exhibit together? I'm not sure about the exhibit curating process, but definitely combing through the archives, I found a lot of items where, I mean, sometimes I was like, what? <laughs> what is this? One time I found a picture of, of a woman cuddling with a raccoon, and I was like, what, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> And it turned out that the Junior League actually, you know, had some involvement in fundraising for the Cincinnati Nature Center when, you know, that first, when the Cincinnati Nature Center first came about. So that was, a <laughs> so that, that, that was interesting. I think one of my, one of my favorite finds from the archives was an interview with our second president, Augusta Forker. And I will never, ever get tired of listening to that interview because she was just such a, she was just such a fascinating woman. But she, um, again, was our second president. And, you know, this was a time when women were, I mean, you, you definitely, I mean, did not have a job outside of the home. And, I mean, if you were in, sort of the socioeconomic bracket that most of these the most of these women were in. And at one point Augusta Forker she decided to start her own tweed and yarn shop. And she was approached by other women in the community who told her, like, Augusta, that just isn't done. And she said, Well, it's done already. <laughs> <laughs> so which always it just, just always made me laugh that interview is actually a podcast. So if you go back and listen to, I think it's maybe the second podcast you can, you can hear it, her, her fantastic stories, but yeah, there were just, there were just so many interesting items that I found. And like the docent program is one of our, you know, one of our oldest programs as well. And all of the docents, we you know when the docent program first started at the Cincinnati Art Museum, would go on educational trips to Egypt and Syria. And, you know, I, so I, I opened up an album, a photo album from 
the 60s one day and it was all pictures from from Egypt and it turned out they were all you know junior league docents so yeah so a lot of really fascinating finds as far as stories there are there are just so <laughs> there are just so many what was impressed on me repeatedly by you know so many of these women was the value that they placed on you know the relationships that they formed in the league and then also you know the impact that you know working in the community had on them and in particular on their professional lives sometimes on their personal lives as well was there anything else you want to say about the museum center your experience throughout this time or anything else i encourage <laughs> if any of you ever has the chance to help curate a museum exhibit it was an incredible experience not <laughs> I'm not, not sure if, you know, many of our listening audience will, will have that opportunity again anytime soon, but it was, a, it was a fascinating experience, and I definitely learned a lot from it. I mean, what I took away most from, from the experience was the experiences of, of league members from the past and, you know, the, the impact that the Junior League has had on the community in the last 100 years. So there's so many organizations that still exist in the Junior League area that became their own entities after, you know, after we created them. And I think that's, that's really something to be proud of. So, and I hope we can, you know, look at these past projects and, you know, let them continue to inform, you know, how we conceive of projects in the future. Absolutely. Well, Lisa, I just want to thank you again for being part of this podcast. Um, I didn't mention this before, but Lisa did create this podcast. So it's been wonderful having her on the other side of the interview. And we hope to continue with the podcast going forward. If anyone has any ideas for future podcasts, you can Always email archives at jlcincinnati.org, and we would be happy to cover more topics like this. So thank you again, Lisa, and thank you to everyone for listening.